Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Empty Stands Podcast. My name is Reward and I'm joined today by two guests, Greg and Jerry. Um, they're not exactly new to the Empty Stands family. Um, Greg, how's it going? It's going great, it's going great. Um, beautiful week with a lot of football matches for us. What more could we ask for? Jerry, it's great to have you on the show today. Um, I remember the last time you were here, I was above you in the league. And you're here again, and same status quo. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Uh, it's nice to be here again. I think the last time I was here was like over a year ago. So, yeah, it's good to be on the team again. Greg, before we get into the show proper, how's your season going? Um, I mean, post-World Cup, how's, how's FPL treating you? Uh, it's been amazing. I've had, I've had a great run since after the World Cup, and... I couldn't have asked for more. I'm blazing games, like going high up the game. So at the time of recording this pod, we still have the Arsenal City game to go. I mean, um, we expect fireworks there, but how's your game week 23 been? Like, how's, how's it looking? Uh, my game week has been amazing. Everything I hoped for, um, except the Mares miss. That miss of when Alvarez turned and just dropped it for him. It was like that's like literally an empty net for Myers, and he missed that. I'm shocked. I would have loved that because I was hoping on the Myers differential to give me all the boosts for it this week. But we moved two, no, yes, two goal contributions for Myers. Yeah, one goal, one assist. I can't complain. Jerry, I see you, Captain Saka. Is there something you saw that you're seeing that we're, <laughs> we are not seeing? <laughs> well, you said I was going to pay for it, and. Unluckily for you, I haven't. And looking like Haaland might not even play on Wednesday. So, at the end of the day, it might be a master plan for me. So, let's see. So, Game Week 23 has seen Howard Webb and his refs steal the show, basically. Um, we saw, I'll call them, three catastrophic errors in the same day, <laughs> um, which have cost Arsenal, Chelsea and Brighton two extra points on, on, on the table, right? Um and judging by how the season is going, and I hope everyone realizes how valuable those points could be at the end of this at the end of the season. I mean, the issue isn't exactly with the technology; it's with the humans who are creating and interpreting the, the roles of the technology. The humans who are using same technology that has been brought to help us. For instance, look at um, Lee Mason on VAR at the Arsenal game. I mean. The excuse was that he forgot to draw the offside lines on Ivan Tony's um, the equalizer he had, um, and that was just such a huge mistake that could impact Arsenal's title hopes. I mean, how exactly do you forget to draw the lines? Um, Christian Nogard was clearly offside, but then the line was drawn using another um, Brentford defender. I mean, how do you forget? to draw an offside line it's just <laughs> i can't even i can't even fathom it right um and it looks like they keep doing this time and time and time and time again and the only um the only caution is that okay maybe they are banned for the next game or they sit out the next game and then they are back again at it like how long does this have to continue <laughs> no like at at some point it's looking deliberate like like some like you know there's some kind of mistakes that you make that people be like okay you made a mistake you're human 
but there's there are some that you'd be like hmm? are you sure that was a mistake <laughs> you know <laughs> so I, I don't i don't know how to that particular one is that was a lot jerry you're an arsenal fan i mean how how do you feel how or how did you feel on the day by that decision how did that make you feel Oh, uh, for me, I've been trying not to weigh in so much on this because I've been so pissed, trust me. Because, I mean, this is the same guy that made a mistake against the Manju game earlier in the season. And then they had to come apologize to us. We lost three points that day. We lost two points against Brentford. So in the end, if we lose the league to Man City by two, three, four, even five points, then you can easily say it's because of this, these mistakes. And I personally don't understand why it's so difficult for VAR in the Premier League to actually be administered properly. You watch other leagues like the French League, Spanish League, and they use VAR like so effectively. So you wonder why it's so difficult in the Premier League, like year in year out. So it's just pretty messed up, bro. There's nothing you can do about it. Again, let's use the scenario. I mean, um, we're all corporate people, we have jobs and stuff, right? How long do you keep being shit at your job and your employer just turns like a blind eye each time or maybe you do something wrong and then um you're suspended for one day and then you're back at it again consistently that keeps happening i mean does that does that happen in the real world it doesn't it doesn't even make any sense like they keep doing this over and over again and yet nothing happens it just seems like um the premier league just turns like a blind eye and they're back in, they're back at it again i mean people should be held accountable for these decisions right it happens every time they ban them for a game and then the next game they're back so it's not something that they can actually i mean i just see it like a vacation because are we even sure they don't get paid for the week where they don't get free so if you just tell me to sit this one out of course i just go sit back at home and maybe watch the game on tv that's like a rest for me it's not it's not really something that will make me not want to do it again. So it's not enough. Greg, let's look at the Chelsea-West Ham game. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen... I'm sure Kepa or any other keeper in the EPL will be proud of will be proud of that dive by Suchek. I mean, that was so blatant. How the referee can tell me or the VR officials can say he was subjective, that the error wasn't obvious enough for VR, for VR to check. Like, it blows my mind. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I'm like, that's prime Fabianski. Fabianski of now might not be able to pull that off. <laughs> you know, the point thing is, with these VR things is, when it goes in your favor, you are so happy. You know? I mean, that's football, right? But when it goes against you, you are frustrated. I think there should just be some consistency. So, I'd, I mean, sometimes it helps. Like, yeah, we love it. Like, aside whether it goes for you or against you, you're neutral, just watching, and you see it, and it's a good call. Like, maybe something the eyes couldn't have seen, it helps. But there are some other times it's just... Anyways, moving on. Um, let's talk about Leicester City. Um, we saw them destroy Spurs by four goals to one. I mean, goals from Kilichi, Hanacho, Madison, and Harvey Barnes. Um, I know almost it's almost like a thing now. Every season we see um, Kilichi, Hanacho go on this purple patch where he's banging in goals and assists, and suddenly he's out of favor with Brendan Rodgers again. I mean, is this 
Greg, is this another? Is this an? Is this one of those purple patches? Like, should we? I know we've been blinded by the double game weeks and the blank game weeks, but are we ignoring the Leicester City assets? <laughs> Senior man kills. Senior man kills. <laughs> I'm ready for this. I, I'm I'm so hyped up for this is run, and I I I'm hoping this is the season where someone gets him finally because I think this is um abused by Brendan Rogers at this point. Every season for like two, three seasons now, there'll be points where he's about to get sacked. He pulls out Inhanachon from the bench and starts starting him. And then Inhanachon saves his job and then rinse and repeat. It's becoming, becoming too much. I hope someone comes to get Inhanachon, someone that's uh, a club that will see his value and you know, just give him the good run of matches he, he deserves. He really deserves a good run of matches. He's a, he's a baller. He's a baller. Jerry, I have a stat that would blow your mind. Um, do you know that Javi Barnes in the EPL this season has scored more goals than Saka and Martinelli? I mean, I don't see him in any NFL team. Why, why are we not all over all over him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just have to use that particular one, right? So, for me, I think in as much as yeah, you can say um, we're overlooking Leicester assets. I think it's also not really that. The problem is with Leicester. They've actually been really underperformers this season, even if situations where Madison scores or Bounce scores or stuff. And then the coach himself, and the just is very unpredictable. Right now, he's starting the amateur, he's delivering the goods. So, moreover, you can just put him on the bench for no exact reason. And that's actually what causes his slump most of the time. So, so who do you get? Do you go for Dakar? Do you go for Barnes? Do you go for Kelechi? It's really just confusing. So that's why most people just go for Madison. Because Madison, oh, of course, you can just pull up a free kick sometimes. Have two goals, have two assists and all of that. But, well, it's in terms of, as far as risk goes, I don't think it's really a bad idea to go for one of them this time around. Since it looks like they're on the up again and they're fighting for their season. So so maybe it's not going to be a bad idea to go for a Kelechi or a Madison, actually. Let's move on to Brighton. Um, Greg. Um, I know we saw Crystal Palace and Brighton and, of course, so the match stole the headlines. I know most of us, a couple of us, have um, Mitoma in our teams. And, of course, with the double Brighton um, Gaming 27 announced, um, everybody has, like, tunnel vision for to get Mitoma in Gaming 27, right? However, um, he's been brilliant of late, right? But if you look at the stats or if you look at his returns, you'll discover that most of them are sixes and sevens. So he scores one goal or... Yeah, he mainly just scores a goal and that's it. And that's six points or seven points if he gets bonus. But if you look at um, Soli match, each of his returns have always been hauls, like double-digit hauls, tens, elevens, twelves. Even in this game against Crystal Palace, he could have had like... An, he, he finished with ten points because I think he got... Oh, okay, the equalizer. So he finished with ten points. But he could have had like another mega haul if his assists were converted, right? Um, I know the debate has been to get either March or Mitoma, but going into the double game weeks, I know Brighton have like three double game weeks coming. Um, is it feasible to go in with two Brighton assets, or should we double up on Brighton assets? What do you think? Brighton are looking are looking quite exciting at the moment. 
um, just like Leicester, they seem to have found this new energy and aside their scholars, like the players are actually putting in a good shift on the pitch. But I don't think it's much. I know March has the double digit holes and and all of that, but it's a case of just like you mentioned, Barnes has more goals and than Saka and yet we're still all on team Saka and you know, the Arsenal. It's a case of not just having more points, but having the consistency. I think I think Mitoma, I would rather take Mitoma's six, six, seven, seven points every single week than wait until when he holds quote and unquote. Just like the way I would rather have Saka all through the season, because I know Saka is gonna at least do something in every single match, even if it's six, 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 six. I wait until the day fans will wake up and decide after four matches that he's going to do something. Meanwhile, every single week we have to show up and compete in our mini league. So we need someone that gives us something every single week to an extent. So yes, I'm with Brighton, but I'm with Mitoma over match. So Jerry, double game week 27 has been confirmed and we have um, double game weeks for teams like Crystal Palace, Southampton, Brighton and Brentford. I mean, um, for Crystal Palace and Southampton, nobody is touching any of the assets. I can assume that, right? But for Brighton, I guess we'll be jumping on Brighton and Brentford assets. Um, what do you think? Which which of them are you looking at or looking forward to getting? I'll go for Brighton 100%. I mean, I disagree with Greg in that Mitoma match comparison because <laughs> on, if you look at their stats, actually, yes, Mitoma has been scoring quite a number of, like, recently goes recently and it looks like he is like the hottest guy in Brighton but check his assist he has just one match has the same number of goals Mitoma has and four assists so I had that dilemma when I wanted to choose between two of them and I went for match and then I paid for it because Mitoma was scoring like three consecutive games but guess what this week match was the one that scored Mitoma didn't score and over the course of the season match has done it way more times than Mitoma even though he has played more games, like three or four more games than Mitoma. But I think if you want to double, it's very easy. Go for Mitoma match. One of the two of them will definitely score in, those, in that double game week. And then for Brentford, I don't think I'll overlook Tony as well. I mean, everybody knows Tony is like very consistent. But Mbwemo is also there and he once in a while um, does the job. So when it comes to that, I don't think I'll double on both Brighton and Brentford players. I think I'll double on Brighton. And if I must go with anybody in Brentford, then it has to be Tony. Greg, game week 23 saw Salah score um, his first goal since game week 27. Game week 17, I mean. Um, <laughs> it's amazing Salah has um, gotten, to, we are getting to this point where, of course, we know that Liverpool have a double coming in game week 25. And Salah has been useless so far, but. Um, with that goal and with the likes of Jota and Firmino returning, um, is King Mo back? Like, can we get Salah? Are you looking to get Salah back in your team? <laughs> ah, it's a it's a tough one because um, goals scored in all in all competitions across. Um, I think even across Europe's top five leagues, Mosala is top five. He's on 18 goals scored across all competitions. It's just in Prem where his goals seem to be lacking. 
So it's not like he has forgotten to score. And it's not as if those matches he's scoring in the other competitions are necessarily easy matches. They are not. It's just he has set his own standard, which is so high that we're expecting his own standard. But if you're looking at him as a winger that is any winger in any team, he would start with his number of goals. 18 goals this season. Only, there are only like three or four players ahead of him. There is Rashford is on 20-something. Rashford is ahead of him. Obviously, Haaland's ahead of him. Kane's ahead of him. But there are only a few players that are ahead of Salah in terms of goal scoring this season. And he's a winger. He's never a center forward. So, the only thing that will put me off Liverpool is that... Off Salah, sorry, is that Liverpool themselves in general, they've not just found that, found that spot. And... If you put someone like that so expensive in your team, you are putting him for the long term. You're not trying to put him for a short period. And if we're looking long term, their fixtures are tough. Tough. They've got City, Madrid, Palace away, Madrid again. Their fixtures are just too tough this period. I wouldn't bank on. No matter what they want to do, I won't bank on them. They've still got Newcastle. Ah, away. Nah, <laughs> I feel for them. I don't think Salah can do anything. <laughs> I don't think he. Can, I don't think he alone can just be the messiah this time around. And he he never was anyway. He always had his sidekick money. He's unfortunately not available to do the to do the deeds with him. So I would, I would say it's a pass for me, regardless of whatever they do. It's a pass. Jerry, I have another stat for you. So. Despite Salah's uselessness, he's only one point below Saka on the FPL total points table. Are we really overlooking Salah? I mean, well, he's Salah and we know he can do way better than this, but he's, we know he's been so useless, but looking at the, <laughs> at the stats, at the, at the total points, he's just one point below Saka. Why, why, are we, why are we not looking at him this double game week? Nah, I'm not. And I cannot this season at any point in time. So I said something on the empty stand chat earlier this week. I was like, even if Salah scored hat-trick against Everton, that he cannot change my mind. Now, the thing is, you can make a case for how Salah is just one point behind Saka and all of that. But Salah is a 12 million plus price player on the FPL. So it's not all about, hey, he's doing well this season. He's just a little bit below his standard or whatever. No. At 12 million point, or 12 point, whatever million, 4 million or 5 million, you can't be scoring 8 goals all season, 4 assists all season, when a Saka is scoring, having 8 assists and like 7 goals. So if I'm going for an 8 million player that can give me the same points, why should I spend extra 4 plus million to get the same player? So it doesn't make any sense. So, then like um, Greg said, the fixtures are tough and Liverpool are not it this season. They cannot be it this season. It's, it's just something that we've seen. In terms of the way they play and all of that. So I don't think there will be a point in time where Salah is just gonna go crazy and score two, three, two, three, two, and then punish everybody. I don't think it's gonna happen. For KDB as well, <laughs> that one, I mean that one is having his like his worst season. Of course, he will always assist. I mean, I think he has like eleven assists this season, but his goals are just so poor. I think that's about three or two. So the two of them, nah. If although it may make a lot of sense for you to just do a direct swap and just I mean, there's nothing to lose, right? In terms of, um, you're not going to lose any transfer points and all of that. But if you're really looking for value, then I'd rather just break that funds into two, like, really good players elsewhere, like maybe Madison and, and the Saka or even a Rashford. Okay, everybody has Rashford right now, so 
But yeah, I don't think Salah is gonna eat. I so no, not not for me. Moving on to the big one, um, City versus Arsenal. Greg, um, in the first game against Villa, we saw Pep use weird, almost like a WM formation against Aston Villa. Um, what do you think about that tactics and his plans for the big one against Arsenal tomorrow? I mean, we know Pep does, he kind of overthinks when it comes to the big games. But do we, what do we think he's going to do this game against Arsenal? Okay, so um, Pep is Pep is this coach that you can tell his energy. You can you can see there are some coaches that are very good at hiding their energy during press conferences, during everything. It's just almost no reaction. You can't tell are they excited at this point to be at the club? Are they not excited? Are they willing to fight during the end of the season? Are they not? All those kind of things you can't tell. But with coaches like Pep, you can tell. And he doesn't hide his mouth sometimes himself. Even when, like, a player, no matter how big the player is, KDB or whatever, he's going to say, this player is playing shit. Or this thing, he even goes as far as even um, berating the fans. Like, if the fans are not giving their all, he would say it. He, he, by watching Pep in the interviews, in the matches, all of that, you can tell if he's willing to go for a title if he's willing to go for whatever. And I think this season, more than ever, Pep is ready to go. He's ready to go from all I've seen, from the press conferences, from everything. He has never for once ever looked at that table and said, ah, Teta is gone. He's ready and this is the closest he has been. I think Ateta is in for a battle of a lifetime. And, and that's what makes me more excited about this new formation and the fact that Pep has been able to invent something that we can see. This is Pep. It's written all about it. This is Pep. Pep has created something that's now just right at the, at the right moment before Arsenal. I don't think he's going to let it go. I don't think he's going to say, ah, maybe this is Arsenal. Ah, this is Emirates. Emi-. No. I think he's going to use it. And he's going to use it even with the intention of showing the world why he's Pep. <laughs> that kind of that kind of vibe. And Arsenal, ah, shit. They're in for, they're in for a match. They're in for a match tomorrow. Jerry, do you share same sentiments? Do you think Arsenal can... I know this is Ateta's biggest game of the season, right? Do you think his um, his come of age or his learned enough from Pep to be able to do the unthinkable, per se? <laughs> oh, yes. It's definitely Ateta's biggest test. But yes, I'm also very confident about it. And why am I confident? I'm confident because this is a different Arsenal. Arsenal at home this season... Is a completely different breed. I mean, the Arsenal of before, when you face when you face big teams, the man you live up with, the Chelsea, the Man City, there's this there's this fear you can see from the players, and even the way we are set up. Everyone is at the back, but trying to just hold the ball, do the basic things, and hope time ticks off. But Arsenal this season has gone all out against every single top team, from Tottenham to Liverpool to Chelsea to Man U twice. So I don't see Man City being any different, especially because we know that we know what's at stake. Win and increase the gap against Man City. Lay down with Maka. Let them know we're not just there for fun. And from the Pep that we've seen, yes, a lot has been said about Pep's tactical ingenuity, and that's that's very correct. Pep can invent the formation and can make it work. We've seen it happen several times. But in the very big decisive games, Pep also tends to. Um, 
get scared. He doesn't show it, but he acts it. He, he tries something so different that everyone's beginning to wonder, like, what's this guy doing? What's this guy thinking? We've seen it happen so many times. I mean, against Chelsea in the Champions League last season, um, even in the league, he, he goes all out, he says a lot. And then when the, it's time for him to actually act, he's doing something different to get. So I don't think he's going to be really different this time around. And if there's anyone who knows him a lot, it is Ateta. Ateta knows this guy so much. And that's why, if you can remember when Ateta just joined us now, the first six months, in fact, the first two months um, in the cup game, that's why Ateta was able to beat him. Pep did not know what to expect. And then this is someone who knows you a lot, who knows how much you can overthink games. And then he just does something I believe can counter it. So it's going to be really interesting this time around because in the FA Cup game, I was very sure Ateta wasn't going to go out against Man City. I knew he was not going to use his regular lineup because he doesn't want to show Man City and Pep what he can actually put out against him. So this time around, tomorrow's game is definitely going to be the game of the season. I think for everybody, it's going to be so interesting for neutrals and definitely very tense for supporters like me. But I'm actually very confident. If I was at Etihad, I was scared. But at the Emirates, nah, I'm very confident that's going to be different. Do you think do you think with your players you have, your lineup, with what you have at and players basically, do you think looking at what Pep did, which is very which is was a very exposing formation in the last match, a lot of people criticized it. Do you think you've got enough to to do what Aston Villa did not do and tear the formation apart? Pep cannot try that against Aston. Aston Villa is not Arsenal. I mean, I'm sorry, Emery might be might have changed Aston Villa, but you can't try that against Arsenal. Arsenal would tear that space apart. I mean, if it, the last two games Arsenal Arsenal has dropped points, Everton and Brentford sat back, especially Everton. So if you sit back like that against Arsenal, the tendency for us not to be able to do well is actually there because we use the space a lot. Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, we know how to use spaces a whole lot. Pep is not going to sit back. At least I know that for sure. But he's not going to go all out of your. I mean, if he does that, I'm sorry, they're going to be beating to stupor. This is me actually, this is like me actually bragging. If he tries <laughs> to be against Aston Villa, he's going to be beating to stupor at the Emirates Stadium. So Pep knows better than that. And yeah, I'm going to see it, don't worry. What okay okay what what makes you think like um, they can use what do you think what do you think could go wrong with that formation if, if Arsenal uses that formation if Pep uses that formation you mean yes oh like I said I mean if you see the way Arsenal has been playing this season okay. Arsenal chases every ball Arsenal uses the ball well and Arsenal knows how to um use the I mean the the third man the third man run that makes the defender actually get like confused on who is actually going to get the pass. If Odegaard and Saka are connecting, um, Ben White is over there. If he's on the left, if 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 um, Inketia and Martinelli are connecting, Jaka is actually there. So it's actually someone you don't expect. Imagine if Ben White making the third man run, or Jaka doing the third man run. They are in places you don't even understand, you don't expect. I mean, it's, it's so unfortunate that we don't have Gabriel Jesus. If he was actually fit, he was the best player to actually make that. I mean, activate all those pulling out of pulling out defenders and yeah, the third man on the pitch. And when um, ESR used to be like very fit, ESR was perfect for that. With ESR and, and Saka connecting, 
but the guard is out there like you don't even know who is going to collect it is it, is it going to be packed on the left is it um, yes i running down the byline and of course the kind of wingers we have especially saka he's not just going to pull out the wing and pull the prop saka can go to the wing and side to cut back or use his left or use his right or cross or use his right to shoot or cut back like he can do anything so it is really different and i don't think any of their fullbacks can handle that that's that's actually a very a very brilliant point but you know you need to be with the ball like you guys don't just do it on marrow like you said you kind of activate it at a certain point after having good possession yeah yeah sure man city are going to hold more of the ball it's very difficult for you to win the possession against man city they know how to do that a lot but the number of times they will do that like the percentage possession has been really low and when Arsenal have the ball Arsenal are very direct in attack like it's it's a one-time pass thing to the opposition half so it's not really trying to pass 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 no that's Man City we don't do that we don't even know how to do that actually if I'm being honest so yeah so most times those you guys one-time passes if you notice they just come like from the defense like pack 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 they just before you know it's yeah. has unlocked one exactly space. from the right. Gabriel to Patty Patty is actually the key yeah. when Gabriel gives Patty the ball and Patty makes a turn yeah. it's over to Odegaard yeah. Odegaard to Saka or Martinelli you're already in your half yeah. in your box actually so. yeah so that's those those passes that happened there those two three passes from Gabriel to to Patty and then Patty tries to turn if he sees the space to Odegaard he drops it if he doesn't he tries it again Back, back, back. Those, back, those two, three, four passes that they try to use to unlock the transition, I think this is the perfect formation to actually stop that because then they have um, five players right there in your face. So I think what will happen is those five players will contain so much that end of the day, you guys will have to go back to either Ramsdale or the last defender just before Ramsdale and then try to go long. Okay, so if you if you watch Man City, Man City are actually a very impatient team. If Man City are trying to do that to us all day, then they will not achieve the objective of actually trying to score and beat us. I mean, if all you're doing is try to focus on okay, these guys are dangerous in the short passes, direct passes, then what what time do you have to actually achieve your own objective on the night? So you get so in as much as they can actually use that formation to try and like limit us they will get impatient at some point i'm like nah let's 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 go let's go out let's yeah. do what we need to do you get yeah. and then that's where we power you get so it's actually going to be a very interesting game i don't yeah. think i don't think it's going to be kg i think it's going to be like few with goals yeah so maybe at the end of the day is whoever can defend better or who can score the most goals i guess to win yeah yeah i think so i'm looking forward to it because ateta is going to be willing to show his true self like he said we didn't see anything in the FA cup i know it was intentional it's going to be the masterclass between both 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 smart coaches. Lastly, let's talk about Captain C. Greg, who are you captaining this week? <sighs> this week, I'm going to I'm going to leave it very it. And one one of the reasons is because I want to see what happens with um, City Arsenal to know if if City cruise past Arsenal, like what I'm hoping for, and also expecting to happen. I think when they press Arsenal like that, Arsenal start going long, then Laporte and Kawaka will just deal with all the long balls to the wings and that will be it. And then they'll cruise past Arsenal. If I see that happen, then I'm going with Haaland against um, Nottingham. If not, if the match is a bit cagey or they don't do the needful or sometimes this should just happen. And Nottingham Forest have been one of the better defensives since the World Cup. In fact, they've been, I think, top three defenses 
since they aside their last match, which of course they, they they had a lot of mistakes. Aurier was just all over the place, which I think they rectified just one match. So I would be skeptical to go Haaland this week. And I like I like this week because it's all over the place. It could be anybody. I'm looking at Rashford as my second pick if I don't go Haaland. Um, even though Leicester are looking very good recently, but I think man, you just have more than enough to to do the needful in their home and Rashford should be at the center of affairs. Jerry, I know you captained Saka this past game week. I mean, are you jumping back on the Haaland bandwagon? Uh, I do really think I'll go with the Haaland bandwagon. I mean, if I'm bold, if I was bold enough to drop Haaland in the double game week, I don't think I can do that. I don't think there's anything to get scared of unless he punishes me against Arsenal, obviously. But for this game week, I think interestingly, I think I'll go with Chelsea. One of the one of the Chelsea assets. I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know who yet because honestly, Southampton are rooted to this spot, and it's a home game for Chelsea. So, in as much as yeah, Chelsea has been like really like shaky, not even shaky, poor this season. Um, so to tell the least, I think this home game against Southampton, like there's really nothing to like. It can be so bad that they get to, like drop points again, and I think they will actually dominate Southampton. So, between João Felix and somebody else, that I don't know. Yeah, I think I'll go for Chelsea asset. You know what? You, what, you asked about KDB replacements, and I think the perfect person is um, Jao Felix, actually, for KDB replacement. Funny you mentioned Chelsea. I've been looking at my team, and I think a differential in, in James, captain in James against Southampton with, without a manager. Well, there's, mani- there's a new manager bounce, but I mean... Who says no? I could go James against Southampton for captaincy. Let's see how it goes. And with that, we've come to the end of the episode. Thanks so much, guys, for being here. I truly appreciate. Um, to our listeners, do like, follow, and subscribe to all our content on all your social media handles. We are on Twitter, Instagram, at The Empty Stance. Um, share, like, subscribe. Send us your questions, send us your banter. Let's let's have let's have banter basically. Just wishing everyone green arrows in Game Week 24. Cheers guys.